Hey dreamers, this is your host Barry Miracle. Welcome to Wake Up Into Your Dream. It's time to wake up out of the nightmares of normality and wake up into God's divinely designed dream for your life. Jump on this podcast today and let's discover God's awesomeness waiting for you. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Wake Up Into Your Dream. This is Barry Miracle, and I hope that I am being a dream coach and that you are waking up into your dream, that you're waking up into the reality of who you are, that you're waking up out of the nightmare of the mundane and into the dream of God for your life. We must move from just surviving and begin to thrive in life. We need to live life and not just survive it. It's not just about you getting some stuff, enough stuff so you don't have to do stuff so that you can go enjoy stuff. No, that's not what it's about. It's about living the dream of God, having the maximum peace and joy and grace and truth and righteousness. And and the things that just make things just so wonderful in life is when you have that peace that passes all understanding. I hope that I'm helping you in, in your journey as you listen to these episodes. So I'm starting a brand new um, a series on love. And so I'm going to start off with a with a well-known story in the Bible. And I'm going to go into some history, and uh, i got to read some scriptures, so bear with me. I may read a little more scriptures than you're used to in these podcasts, even though I do. uh, Every podcast is actually replete with the scriptures of God. Um, But I want you to be encouraged as we go down this journey of the why. Love. Love is the why. Love is the what, love is everything, and so I'm going to hopefully be able to go into some detail of what love is and and why we love and why we're loved uh, and all those beautiful things. But I'm going to start off with a story um, of a lady by the name of Mary, not Mary the mother of Jesus, even though she's very significant. (laughs) Uh, But I want to to, uh, share with you a story about Mary Magdalene. Uh, Magdala or Magdalene in Luke chapter 8 verse 2. Mary called Magdalene was a true mother of the faith and a true disciple of Jesus Christ. So what does this have to do with love? Well, you'll find out if you could just follow me through on this. Um, I think some eyes will pop open, some hearts will be changed, and there will be an exchange of an anointing of the Holy Spirit today. I want you to focus on the goodness of the Lord today. You're not to face your problems. You're not to face the enemy. You're to face your God. You're supposed to refocus, recalibrate on whatsoever is good, pure, and holy. Anything excellent or praiseworthy, these are things that we dwell upon. These are things that we think upon. So anyway, her name was Mary, but Jesus would call her Magdalene. Magdalene was not her last name, nor did it represent the village that she came from. And some people have even, I've heard people talk about that. That's not true. Magdalene in Hebrew is Migdal, means tower. Magdala in Aramaic means tower as well. Jesus was in the habit of giving his closest people nicknames. I want to know my nickname. (laughs) Uh, So he he would give Simon, um, he called him Peter or the stone, and the sons of, of thunder, James and John, that would be their names. Now, sons of thunder. (laughs) 
they're kind of probably, I'm kind of like Peter and, and the Sons of Thunder in all wrapped up in one some days, <laughs> and that's not all good. Anyway, the Apostle John was also called the Beloved, and I'm not sure how he got that one. That may have been a self-titled one because it came from his gospel. <laughs> St. John says, the Beloved John, the, the one that was beloved. Isn't that funny? Anyway, but that's a healthy id right there, baby. So was it because Mary was so tall? Was she just gangly um, to get the name Magdalene as Tower? Is she, was she just named Tower because she was tall? Or did she become this strong tower in the life of Jesus, somebody that he could always depend on? So let's go over to Luke chapter 10, and you can see Mary's strong desire to be discipled by Jesus and the why. <laughs> Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. Now it happened as they went, he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who, was also, who also sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve, to serve alone? Therefore, tell her, uh, sorry, therefore, tell her to tell, to help me. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus said to her, Martha, I never asked for a sandwich. No, actually said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken from her or away from her. Martha, Martha, I did not ask for a sandwich. Are we doing things that God is not asked for? It's a good question. Martha was trying to be the best host where Mary was trying to be the best disciple, sitting at his feet, hearing his word. If you can hear his word, if you can get close proximity to hear his word, you can stand through any storm. In Luke chapter 8, verse 2, states how Mary, called Magdalene, traveled with Jesus and the other disciples throughout every city and village. Magdalene was also front and center at three of the most important moments in Jesus' life, the cross, the burial, and the resurrection. This mother of the faith did not leave the master's side at the cross when the other ten disciples were scattered. Why? This tower of strength helped get the, the, the Jesus, sorry, the, this tower of strength helped get Jesus' body ready for burial. And Jesus chose Mary called Magdalene, this person of dedication, this person of towering strength, to be the first person to see him after the resurrection. This is evidenced in, by the narrative in John 20. The scene is set by the faithful disciple, Mary going down to the tomb while it was still dark. She was by herself, and on the, the day that Jesus told her he would be re resurrected, nobody else, just her, the tower. She sees that the stone has been rolled away. She immediately goes to the man of action and says, Peter, and and. And says, 
this is what I saw, and tells them everything she saw. So Peter and John jump up and take off. John overtakes Peter and gets to the tomb before Peter, but Peter goes in first and sees that indeed Jesus is not there. They see the grave clothes, they see the handkerchief neatly folded up by itself, but they see no Jesus. So what do they do? They go back to their homes. Jesus was actually hiding from the guys and waiting to get his most faithful disciple alone so she could be the first one to see the dawn of the new age of the kingdom. So the Tower of Endurance waits. The guys go back home, but she patiently waits, thinking this can't be happening. The master said, so she waits. The master said, so she waits. She was used to waiting, remembering she waited at the feet of Jesus. She waited in his presence as much as she could. She was a good disciple. The narrative continues in, in John chapter 20, verse 11 through 18. But Mary stood outside the, by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting and one at the head and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had been laying, representing the Ark of the Covenant that Jesus actually became. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord and, and I do not know where they have laid him. An interesting observation here, ladies and gentlemen, is that she was not even startled or surprised by the angel sitting in the tomb. She just wanted to see her Jesus. There was no supernatural situation that was going to deter her. Sometimes we look more, there was no, sorry, it's spectacular. Let's just use that. We actually need to be looking for the supernatural. And, and a lot of times we get caught up in the spectacular. She was not going to get caught up in the spectacular moment. She wanted to see her Jesus. So it goes on to say, now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned, and she said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she, what she had seen and, the, and that she's seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Jesus says to Mary Magdalene, check this out, go and tell my brethren, but you, Mary Magdalene, my tower of great strength that you've been to me. Go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God, my God. What a privilege. High dignitaries like Ephraim the, the Syrian, who was called the doctor of the Roman Catholicism, he was in the fourth century, 
and also Pope Gregory the Great, who is described as the Pope of the most influential, the Pope that was the most influential figures to ever serve as Pope. And he was in the sixth century. And there's many other theologian writers, scriptures, commentators, and many, many other leaders referred to Mary called Magdalene as the sinner who merited the title apostolarum apostola. Apostolarum apostola, which translated into English is apostle to the apostles. Mary is the first person to be sent, the first person to be a sent one, the first person to be sent by the master with the message of the resurrected Christ to the apostle, to the apostles. It was the message of the kingdom. It was the message of the new age. It was the it was an apostolic message sent by the chief apostle, Jesus Christ, through Mary Magdalene, the great strong tower. I don't know. Some people aren't may not like this, but I'm because I'm actually giving this woman this great title when they can't. Some people can't even hardly allow a. Uh, uh, a woman to preach in a church or speak in a church. Anyway, that's not my topic today, and I don't need to get sidetracked by that, but it was amazing. Amazing that day that she became the apostle to the apostles that day. So that's all fine and dandy, right? So what's that have to do with love? So what's that have to do with being this loving disciple, this faithful a disciple that would never want to leave him, that was at every moment? Why? The question, why? To answer this question, why this great love? Why this great discipline to not miss a moment? To not want to be anywhere but at his feet? To do everything she needed to do, did everything to be around him? Why? To answer this question, we'll have to go back to the beginning where she was anything but faithful. Can you hear the word of the Lord? A place where she was anything but a tower of strength. A place where she was a bundle of insecurity, shame, tears, but developed a heart of gratitude. Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner... When she knew that Jesus sat at the table uh, in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box, an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying in to himself, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered him and said, Simon. Jesus answered him and said to him, Simon, have, have I something to say to you? Huh? Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. There's a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. 
And when they had nothing which to repay, he freely forgave them. Tell me, therefore, which one of them would love him more? Can you hear the word of the Lord? Simon in answer said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon. So he's looking right at Mary. He turned around and in, in, in uh, Jewish culture, they they didn't have seats that they sat. They sat on cushions and they would kick their feet out as they would lean on their on on. I think there's the left side and they would kick their feet out. And so that's why she he could she could get at his feet and and were weeping and and and, and washing his feet with her tears and drying him his feet with her hair and anointing his feet because they were kicked out from the table. They didn't sit with their feet underneath the table, kicked out from the table. And so he turns and he's looking directly at this woman that is sacrificing and loving on him. He's looking directly at her, but saying to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which were are many, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much." But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sin? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. My God. Pope Gregory the Great, as I mentioned earlier, he was called the most influential figure to ever serve as Pope wrote in 591 AD his homily stating the following about Mary called Magdalene. And this is his words. She whom Luke calls the sinful woman, whom John calls Mary, we believe to be Mary from whom seven devils were ejected, according to Mark. And what did these seven devils signify, if not all the devices, all the vices? It is clear, brothers, that the woman previously used the ungent to perfume her flesh for forbidden acts. What she therefore displayed more scandalously, she was now offering to God in a more praiseworthy manner. She had coveted with her earthly eyes, but now through patience, these are consumed with tears. She displayed her hair to set off her face, to attract somebody, but now her hair dries her tears. She had spoken proud things with her mouth, but in kissing the Lord's feet, she now planted her mouth on the Redeemer's feet. For every delight, therefore, she had had in herself, she now emulated herself. She turned the mass of her crimes to virtues in order to serve God entirely in penance. This Pope had a huge revelation of the mercies of God giving way to the workings of grace in in Mary's life. Many modern theologians are trying to prove that that this Mary was a different Mary. 
it seems to me that they want to distance the great mother of faith from the sordid past. It, seem, it would seem to me as well as that they don't want to really sully the reputation of this great woman called Magdalene. These findings of the sinful background on this great disciple of faith doesn't make me feel any less honor for this woman. Ladies and gentlemen, quite the opposite. It allows me to begin to understand why was this great disciple, the greatest disciple, and the one that loved God. It began to show me the why. But to really understand the why, I want to go, I want to go a little further back. We, we, we will have to go all the way back even to an earlier date. And, and the very first time that I believe that she met the master, the moment that sealed everything, the moment she decided that this is the man that I must follow. Let's go back to the setting of the darkest moment of Mary's life, found in the last chapter of John, chapter 7, and the first 12 verses of John, chapter 8. In John, chapter 8, verse 2, Jesus has just sat down in the temple and began to teach. When out of nowhere, they're, they're the scribes and the Pharisees bring a woman and throw her at the master's feet. She would be scantily dressed at best as she was just caught in the very act of adultery. Jesus was quickly informed by Captain Obvious and the crew that this act, according to the Jewish law, is punishable by the stoning to death. So let's pick up on the rest of the story. They said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself, he looked up, and he said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And, and Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus said to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. At this moment, she had no idea what a disciple was. She only knew one thing. I must find him again, and I will never let him go. So answer the question of why she loved him, why she was dedicated to him, why she was one of his greatest disciples, why she was the apostle to the apostles, the apostolic to the apostles. It's gratitude. It's love. It's loving kindness. It's because of a great love 
that you experienced when your sins were washed away. Can you remember that moment? Can you remember that moment at a camp or in your grandmother's chair or at a church or driving down the road and you just finally said, I, I've had enough. I can't carry this. This is too weighty. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what God, can you please help me? And, and all of a sudden you ask Jesus to come into your life. You, you believe that he paid for your price of your, of your salvation. You believe that he took care of the sins. You, you believe, and all of a sudden, boom, you start weeping. And boom, you, you, there's just a release of the weight of sin. And you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. The gratitude, if you have not had that experience, it's there for you. It's because of the great love that you experienced when your sins were washed away. This is what she experienced. This is the love. This is the why. It's because of intimacy. Why are we going to be faithful disciples? Why are we going to finish strong? Why are we going to stay close to him? Because we want, we want others to feel the freedom that we have. This is why, this is my why. This is why I'm on here. I want you to live the life of freedom and liberty and peace and righteousness and joy and grace and truth. I want you to live a life that is not full of regrets. I want, I'm hoping that you'll pick up on some of these episodes and you're able to apply them to your life and that you will miss the, the pitfalls and, and, and the valleys and, and, and all and, and containment and quarantining and everything that happens with that, that when the enemy is able to throw something between. The word diabolical comes from diabolo, which is the, the Greek word that means to actually throw between. He's trying to separate, and God is trying to bring back together. And I want you to know that you, there are, when the enemy has done everything he can do to steal, kill, and destroy, that there's a way. There's, there's, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the why. Jesus is love. The why, why, why I stand up, why I do these um, podcasts, why I stand up every Sunday morning and preach? Because we were the Mary. We are the one that received the name change. We received the oil of joy for mourning. I received the name change. I received the oil of joy for mourning. I received a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness or despair. I received a crown of beauty instead of ashes. I had nothing to give. Ladies and gentlemen, we had nothing to get it, give, and we have everything to receive. The why is this, is this one thing. His unconditional, everlasting, non-negotiable, life-changing, irresistible love. It is the unconditional, everlasting, non-negotiable, life-changing, irresistible love that I experience, that we experience and that we will be and I will be forever and eternally indebted to my Savior for lifting off these burdens. I love him so much because he so loved me. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to uh, continue down this new podcast series. 
on, on talking about love and what love is. And I started off with this very historical and antiquitous um, pair of a story about a wonderful lady called Mary, the strong tower, Magdalene. This lady uh, loved God and was an example of the love of God through her, uh, to her, through her, for her, and then she loved back so strong. So anyway, we're going to keep going down this path of love over the next uh, several um, uh, episodes and podcasts. Stay tuned. I, I think you're going to be blown away with some of the revelation, the mysteries revealed as we get further into this topic and learn about uh, the love of the Father and learn about all about this beautiful topic of that created everything. <laughs> little tidbit, little little mystery release there. But anyway, um, look forward to sharing this with you over the next several weeks. But uh, if you have time, head over to uh, www.wakeupindoyourdream.com or you can go to www.barrymiracle.ca and they will take you to my website and you can uh, take advantage of some of the resources we have there. You can order my book called Wake Up Into Your Dream. Uh, I have words from, I think, as far back as 2011 about words for, for the year going forward. We're in this uh, new season of um, family fruitfulness and dominion is the word for this year that I have. And you can go there and check that out. But uh, love you guys. Please, if you have opportunity, give me five stars and maybe make a comment on the your podcast providers. Um, and anyway, uh, have a great week and we'll talk to you real soon. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining us today on Wake Up Into Your Dream. My great friend Tony Fitzgerald would say you have two great days in your life, the day you were born and the day you discovered why. In these podcasts, I'm hoping this is true, that you are having aha moments and great moments of getting introduced to the true you because your whole world is waiting for the authentic you to show up. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please go to www.barrymiracle.ca. You can check out my book, Wake Up Into Your Dream. You can connect. You can see where we're going to be live in the future. And uh, you can just connect with us then. But this is Barry Miracle, your dream coach, signing off for now. We'll talk to you next week.